1: secondments, promotions, leave cover, project roles. There are so many ways to expand your skill set and forward your career without having to leave your company. Unless, of course, you work for a very small company, in which case you might have to improvise a little. In today's episode, Shell and M will discuss some common mistakes that people make when moving internally, and they'll also share their top tips on how to get a new job in your current workplace. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley. I'm a HR professional. And I'm Emily and I work in recruitment. I also specialise in customer experience and it's with a business called Forsyth's Recruitment and HR. Hey, so today em, we are
0: chatting about a new job at the same company.
1: Yes, yeah, so also known as an internal transfer, an internal career movement, all sorts of names that it can be called but New job, same company is what we're going to call it today. Just a heads up on today's
0: episode, we've made an assumption that you're in a bigger business where there's lots of internal opportunities that come up and that the roles internally are advertised both internally and externally. And so I guess our end goal from today's episode is that... We're going to help you land your next job opportunity internally. This might be a promotion. It might be sideways movement. It might be a new stretch or high duties kind of opportunity. Our goal is that we want to help you get there. So we've got top three tips, our top three tips for landing a new job at the same company. Em, you're going to take it away for us.
1: Kick us off. Okay. First tip with my recruiter hat on, you know, I like to put that on every now and then is treat it like you're an external so treat that application process treat that recruitment process like you're an external what do i mean by that well look the first thing i would do is go back and listen to our first couple of episodes episode 1 episode 2 where we talked about resumes we talked about interviews and apply all the other thing i'd uh, i guess share with you is some of my observations and There are errors in, I think, or classic errors, I'd call them, in the application process that I see time and time again when we are considering, as a recruiter who's been brought in perhaps to manage both that that external market but also the internal applicants, unfortunately what we feel, not always, not always, but what we feel sometimes is internal applicants who have an undertone of – disagreement with the process having gone over to uh, our to ex- external market. So it might not, you might think you're hiding it and it might not be that they directly say to us that they disagree with that decision, but you feel it. They bring it into the room and it just yeah. sits there. So that can be a bit of a turnoff for us when we're, we're interviewing or when we're working through that process with them.
0: And it kind of comes, it's like a bit of a sentiment that comes through and it's subtle. How do you help someone? I guess, diagnose almost or do a little bit of a self-assessment that, hey, that's that's something that's happening for me.
1: Look, as a recruiter in that situation, we're not there to do that. We're not there to help point that out to them. But if I was to be working with them as some other supporter, maybe prior to them coming into the process or during the process, I'd be really pointing out to them maybe what I'm feeling. So having a bit of a conversation with them going, look, it feels like, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but it feels like maybe you're not stoked with this process or maybe there's something that you're resisting. Talk to me about that. So I think creating awareness is really important. Yeah. And then also probably some of the things that I do in follow-up or that I do do is working with them to go, okay, how do you make sure that you put your best foot forward? And they're actually going to be the things that we will touch on in tip number two and, and then tip number three as well, where we get quite practical on how to manage yourself combined with the advice treat it like you're an external. So, do not rest on your laurels or think that being an internal automatically gets you over any hurdles through that recruitment process. You have to earn it as much as the next guy. Yeah, definitely. The other thing that uh, I guess maybe is more of a positive is that we often see, funnily enough, those more green internal applicants that come through performing better or performing really well in comparison and my, um, I guess, take on why that might be, if I was to hypothesise, is there's a gratitude. So, there's an element of, wow, I can't believe I've actually been asked for interview and been offered this opportunity. How do I make the most of it? Yeah. Combined with, I feel a little bit out of my depth here. So, it's that 70 to 80% rule where they've been encouraged to apply or they've chosen to apply because they actually feel like, you know what, I might not hit every single thing that we're asking for here but I feel like I I at least have 70%. But they then think, okay, how do I make up for that at interview through the recruitment process? And they just bring their all. They prep really well. They speak really well and they present really well. What you're talking about there, Em, reminds me of that familiarity. Sometimes the longer-term
0: applicants can be overly familiar with the business and so that actually disadvantages them because they come in and they're a bit nonchalant, they're a bit chilled, whereas your greener kind of newer internals are going to take that little bit, they've got that kind of fresh eyes and a little bit of that excitement and that actually helps them in that interview
1: process as an internal. It absolutely does and I think the interview is – a nice place to pause and maybe even throw to you for, your, uh, for tip number two because we also see in what preparation they do and the way that they present their case that sometimes that, I guess, preparation from the more green or more fresh or perhaps less experienced applicants versus ones that maybe are more experienced or don't feel for whatever reason like they need to try so hard, it actually contributes to how well they explain their experience how well they explain their answers and how fully they explain those answers versus subconsciously or consciously having assumptions that well the interviewer knows me so I don't really need to explain it as well
0: yeah that's it and that's one of the big hazards for internals when they're going for a new opportunity brings us to point or tip number two which is leverage your competitive advantage and let me say from the outset as an internal, you absolutely have a massive competitive advantage. And in most cases, I think this is under realised and like it just...
1: You're already in the door. That's so right. The door is open. You've already stepped through. It's now up to you to keep that door open and to take control of that situation versus someone who's sitting well outside the business. So are there some tangible ways that you've come up with, us, uh, come up with for us, Shell, to explain how do you actually leverage that?
0: Yeah, there's a few key things. First, you, you've actually got to sell yourself. It was what you were saying before, of internals might come in and uh, because they've been in the role a long time and if they're actually the hiring manager, if that's their actual manager currently, they do, they, the risk is you make assumptions that, oh, they've known the projects I've worked on, so I'm not going to really go into that in depth because they know and understand me, but that's a missed opportunity. So make sure that you're giving as much detail about the role or your experience as you would if you were going for a job with another organisation. That's, to me, the first thing. Sell yourself, make sure you actually state and communicate the value that you've added in the role. Don't assume that your manager or that internals know what you've done. The next thing I would do is make sure that you have kind of leveraged what you know about the business. So you're going for a role in which you have that insight. You might be able to put as part of, and now I'm keen to know your perspective because I love this stuff, but I've actually loved seeing where people have come in and they've put together a proposal that they see of what the first things they would do in like say the first 90 days. What's your kind of take on that?
1: Yeah, I've seen it work really well. So I would encourage it. I believe that because you know the industry, because you know the personalities, because you know where the business is heading, so some of those vision and mission and strategic goals or objectives that the organisation has, they might be on the website, but they might not be. So all of a sudden, that's something that you've got as an internal that the externals don't. So use that. Use it to show that you care if nothing else.
0: That's you, it. Like, the initiative is such a win. Like, I, I sit on the other side of the table thinking, yes, this person's gone above and beyond. They've, they've actually gone away and thought and used what they know about the business to put their best foot forward. And for uh, the hiring manager, they're like, oh, this person already knows what they want to do in the role. Thumbs up.
1: Like, and they might not even ask you that direct question. Hey, can you talk us through what your vision would be for this role? but you will still have the opportunity through another question to pull that out and talk them through it. Or at the very end of the interview, hey, is there anything else that you wanted to ask us? Well, actually, yeah, I do have some questions. I also have something that I'd like to show you I've that I'd put prepared, my mind to. I've prepared a 52 slide presentation. <laughs> no, no. can someone turn on the audio visual? No, just uh, maybe a one pager.
0: A one pager is so good. And I, I, I really love when candidates do that to me. It's just like, Such a nice, refreshing thing. And as an internal, you've got that competitive advantage straight up.
1: Yeah, anyone can do that. But the key is that as an internal, you've got the knowledge to do it better.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, the other thing is you actually know the personalities in the room. So, you've got some rapport. Build upon that. You know the hiring manager possibly like obviously in a larger organization you may not but you can use some of your internal networks to try and get a sense of what is that manager like on their team what are they like to work for and then use that as part of your interview process if you don't know the hiring manager you can always reach out and connect with them it's such a great opportunity to kind of put yourself in front of them and say what are you looking for on your team what do you love Uh, about this role, what, what excites you. And then it gives you more insight into how you might prep for your interview.
1: But beware when you walk into that interview, be mindful that you might have a sense of familiarity normally day to day when you're at work that's not emulated in that room and that those guys do have their interviewer hat on. So just follow their lead, take their lead on maybe the warm up, because chances are that panel's probably trying to be consistent with everybody that they meet with as well. So you might feel a little bit like, oh, okay, this is not quite as familiar as I'm used to when we're in the lunchroom. That's okay. Don't take that as a bad sign. Just follow their lead. That's
0: so good about getting your cues, even in body language and um, presentation, interviewers will tend to be that little bit more formal. So, so don't be too relaxed in that environment but I love what you're saying of you're getting the, your cues as you're watching that interview panel and then mirroring that. You treat it like you're an external. Yeah. sometimes we have an assumption that we will they'll just use our previous experience based on what they know of us but actually panels have a tendency a tendency and jump in M. if you see this differently have a tendency to only take what's communicated in that interview and that's the basis of what they
1: do in terms of appointing the person. Is that or, that? I agree. Or even in the resume and the other application documents or touch points throughout the process. So we are talking a little bit here or leaning a little bit on the interview experience. Remember though that there are the other parts to the application process and same rules apply. What you might find is that they do still as humans use what they know of you if it's coming down to splitting hairs but we're probably here saying err on the side of caution and don't rest on your laurels don't make assumptions play it safe by you're better off just covering everything and being really clear and overemphasizing in that interview or in that application document rather than assuming that the people on the other side of the interview panel will do that for you yeah definitely
0: and em what's our number 3 last tip.
1: All right, don't overshare. This is so, a this is a good life just life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do like the life lessons apply again apply to all uh all of your life. <laughs> but look, don't overshare. So what are we talking about here? We touched on the idea that you can actually leverage internal relationships. Do that wisely. So do that with someone who it's appropriate to do that with. That might be the hiring manager, it might be your manager in an extension of a professional development or a career goals conversation that you're having with them. What we're talking about when we say don't overshare and what's perhaps not as wise is with peers. So this is where it can just become a little bit messy and to go through a job application process, particularly when there's already a little bit of a spotlight on you, perhaps because it's internal. So people do know those hiring managers or that interview or that hiring panel does know that you're applying once you've submitted your expression of interest, it's already a high-pressure situation. Yeah. And too often I've seen it, different, slightly different scenarios come into play where people talk to their peers. So, for example, something I've seen is you choose that you'd like to apply. So, perhaps your manager has resigned and or moved on. Maybe they got a new opportunity. And so, that position becomes vacant. It goes out for uh, to the market for you to apply for. And you choose to apply for that job. And if you go and talk to one of your peers, they may or may not disclose to you that they may or may not be choosing to apply as well. (laughs) Yeah. And that can become all sorts of awkward, not only through that competitive application process, that recruitment process, but also if slash when you do slash don't get the job or they do slash don't. And that can be if you miss out and you're a sore loser. It can be if they miss out and they're a sore loser, or it could be if one of you is actually successful and therefore stepping up into a promotion to become the other person's manager. Like that's again, all sorts of messy and I'm trying to simplify, but just don't go there.
0: Yeah. And it just creates some of those dynamics that when when you actually need to be confident going into a recruitment process, some of those conversations that happen outside of the interview can really damage your confidence because you might be working alongside that peer and think the absolute world of them and go, oh, well, I'm not going to get it Mm because they're going to go for it. When actually you sell yourself short because maybe you are best placed to get it, but your confidence is then impacted, which is going to flow right through the recruitment process because I can guarantee when you sit on the other side of the table, confidence is such a big thing that impacts the recruiter's decision.
1: Well, put yourself in this situation. You have your interview lined up for 3pm on Tuesday. Your peer has an interview lined up for 1pm on Tuesday. You're already feeling nervous because it's an interview and that's nerve-wracking. And they walk out of the interview room. You've heard laughter. You've heard good vibes. They come out with a smile on their face. They're floating. They're energised. And you have 45 minutes to pull yourself together beyond what you would normally be feeling is quite a nerve-wracking situation. You then enter the interview And you feel like there's no laughter. There might be, but you're just still getting in your own head. Yeah. It's happening. I know it. There's no laughter. You're not feeling the same vibes. How that progresses is probably that you become more nervous. You feel less confident. You walk out feeling defeated and it's, going to permeate the experience that those decision makers have of yeah you. and it's like ignorance
0: is bliss sometimes yeah. not knowing that my best mate my best buddy at work is going for the job can actually be the best thing for you as you kind of progress
1: through run your own race run your own race keep your head down and also the other thing I, I guess is a little bit of a warning you might think you can tell your best bud that you're applying or you might think that it's safe to share with someone in your team or someone from a different team that you're considering applying but what if they go and tell the next person they might not realize that that's sensitive they might to your face say wonderful good luck and then go and say something to someone else and you just don't need that extra complication in what is already tedious sensitive and nerve-wracking all recruitment processes are yeah, spoken like a true recruiter. Yeah, just yeah. It, oh, I've seen it too many times, Shell, too many times. And so simplify your life, don't overshare. Yeah. What about pay though, Shell? We've got some questions here, and the first one is a good one. And that is, what do you do in a situation where new job, same company, you're successful in achieving an offer? How do you manage the pay negotiations?
0: Yeah, so I guess. To me, it's the same as if you were going for an external role, M. So what we're going to do here is go in and treat that offer process like you're getting a new contract of employment. The only times it wouldn't be like that is if it's higher duties. So I would encourage everyone, go back, listen to the pay episodes and the bonus episodes. You might get some tips there of how to do it. But it's a new job offer. So you can go into that contract negotiation the same way as you would with an external organisation. Awesome. Sounds easy. We've had this question sent through via the My Millennial Money Facebook community from Bardia. They have heard advice that you should stay in the same company for two to three years max, then move to another company in a better position. But then others have said that it's better to show a bit of loyalty and climb the ladder internally. Obviously, there's lots of pros and cons to both. When do you know which one is better?
1: Oh, what a tricky question. Okay. I. My advice to cut through the advice that you've been given by everybody else, Bardia, is it, this is personal. This depends on what your goals are. We recently recorded an episode on goals and I'd encourage you to take a listen, shameless plug, uh, because essentially this is going to depend on what you want what is going to make you happy and then assessing that against what opportunities lie uh, as available in the market or in the company that you're in at the moment I think it's really going to come down to you the pros and cons will be pros for you if they work for you there'll be cons for you if they don't work and that's just going to be different from person to person yeah how's that for a Politic, politician's that, yeah,
0: answer yeah that's 100% <laughs> I'm just 100%. turning it back on you buddy <laughs> 100% hey so this is our new job same company at pretty much wrapped up but before we close we talked in our previous episode on career goals that we're introducing a new segment
1: What is it today? Is it a horror story or it is, is it a fairy tale? Okay, so
0: horror story. Oh, yeah, good. Here is our HR horror story. Gemma Kate from our My Millennial Money Facebook community has sent through her HR horror story, and I laughed so much hearing this story. So she was having a meeting, and her boss told her in front of her team that she doesn't need to lose weight. She just needs to tone up. No.
1: Yeah. Do we know what job she does? Is it? Well, I mean, not she, that that matters, but I'm just, I'm trying to paint a picture here. Well, because, no. she
0: doesn't work in fitness or anything oh that God, where no. appearance matters is
1: what she's told us. And so it has zero relevance to her actually being able to perform the job. I mean, really, I don't know that you could say that anyway, but I just feel like I have so many <laughs> questions, but I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. And so
0: not long after he was fired and she said that the executive, the whole team literally walked him out in a convoy out of the building. <laughs> But then, get this, this is a clincher for me. Then he forgot his keys. So how's this? They had They had to do the walk back through, collect the keys, and then the escort out again. I wonder. (laughs) I have so many questions. I
1: wonder why they didn't just go and get his keys for him. Oh, there's so many.
0: Yeah. The escort. How's the escort? Like I know lots of businesses do it for like
1: intellectual property and all those other things, but wow, It's a lot but then it makes you wonder we'll never have answers to these questions but it makes you wonder why did they need that many people to escort this person out
0: (laughs) maybe they were just wanting to make it make a statement this behavior is not okay or something i don't know yeah i like that it was a convoy i just kind of envision like you know five people have they got
1: suits and like little earpieces because that's what i'm picturing
0: like security
1: (laughs) (laughs) totally and anyway, i just oh, thank that's you a good one i love jemma
0: thanks for sending that through that's given us a good dose
1: of hr horror story for this episode and a bit of a giggle which we can only laugh at this now that it's over yeah that's right not at the time no, but now. not funny at the time yeah sorry you had to go through that
0: i'm sure and... i'm sure she felt very vindicated though with the second walk back through
1: Oh, but also a little bit of karma, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Well, go what goes around
0: comes, comes around. around. I, I always go to say, well, like, sometimes I'm worried I'm going to stuff those common sayings up, like what goes around comes back down. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're doing the Glen James ramble, so let's wrap it up. Thanks, <laughs> Shell. Thanks.